Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. I, for one, was uh, never worried. Never worried, not one time, not in this game. Down 13-3, to not a problem for the Philadelphia Eagles, who are now 9-1 and on the year, coming off their first loss of the season and taking care of the Indianapolis Colts 17 17- to 16 what's going on guys welcome to another episode of the philly pod brought to you by the libertyline.com i'm your host today victor williams be sure to follow me on twitter instagram all other social platforms at the philly pod if you are new to the podcast appreciate you guys checking it out be sure to subscribe on apple itunes spotify iHeartRadio. Anywhere else you get your podcast, be sure to rate five stars and leave those reviews each and every one does help with the exposure of the show. I know it's been a few weeks uh, without an episode, but we're never gone. We're never gone for good. We're back with you guys to recap the Eagles victory on this Victory Monday. Joining me as always, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else. It's Stephen Conrad Jr. He is my uh, right-hand man in everything I do content-wise with the Philadelphia Eagles. He is Stephen Conrad Jr. What's going on, buddy? It's been a it's been a little bit since we got up on here and uh, and did this show, so I'm intrigued to even hear your thoughts on the Eagles in recent weeks, but at least we're able to come up here today and talk about a victory, which wasn't the case last week. Hello, everyone. We have, um, <laughs> we have all experienced some very necessary adversity. Now, with that said, not everybody has handled it accordingly or correctly, in my opinion. Um, I'm sure Vic... Here has his thoughts on that. Um, but I'm glad these last two weeks happened. I'm glad we lost that Washington game. Uh, we deserve to lose it. Um, as much as I would love to sit up here and uh, complain about the officials in that game, uh, they certainly played part in it. But we shot ourselves in the foot too much. We shot ourselves in the foot against the Colts a lot. We're going to obviously give our takeaways from the game and and try our best to to break it down. Um even though we shot ourselves in the foot so much against against the Colts, again a four five and one team, I understand that, <laughs> um, and that'll be the narrative for a lot of people. Most notably, not most notably, but most specifically from people outside of Philly, fans, media, 
right? Alike. But context is a beautiful thing in this world. At the end of the day, we were down, I believe it was 10 points on the road against a team led by Jeff Saturday, <laughs> who forgot it was Sunday, apparently, at the end mm-hmm. of the game. But listen, I'm not here to like come at Jeff Saturday or anything like that, but I'm here to provide you the optics and the, the realism of the situation. A team that was struggling, that's fair to say, the Colts, mm-hmm. uh, when they fire a coach, regardless of who the interim guy is, that team tends to play with a lot more fire than what they were originally playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember literally the first game after we fired Chip Kelly, DeMarco Murray took an under center carry for about <laughs> 70 yards and a touchdown, something he I didn't think we do all, all season that. long. I think we all remember that. And that, and, so. that, and that feeling. That was my big thing heading into this game is that the Colts are motivated. They're under a new regime. They want to prove that they're not dead in the water and they surely were motivated and put up a good fight uh in this game as the eagles do escape with the victory 17 to 16 thanks to the heroics of jalen hurts and his uh fourth quarter comeback we'll get into that in just a second but before we do a shout out as always to the good old sponsor at DraftKings sportsbook thanksgiving is right around the corner and DraftKings is ready to fill your plate with some exciting sportsbook offers and now you can win 150 dollars Instantly, all you have to do is sign up for a new DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, and place a $5 wager on any pregame money line. And if your bet wins, you'll receive $150 in free bets instantly, in addition to any cash winnings from your original wager. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with the link in the podcast description. Gambling problem, of course, call one 800 Gambler, be sure to take advantage of that offer, guys. Uh, with obviously football on Thanksgiving and uh, uh, more games coming up on Sunday. So, as we all know, Jalen Hurts <laughs> led the Philadelphia Eagles to their ninth victory of the season. He accounted for two touchdowns in the final period to lead his team mm. to their first double digit fourth quarter comeback. Uh, their first one in 12 years, Stephen. Obviously, you know when the last one was, right? Think mm. about it. Think about it now. Miracle at the Meadowlands too, man. That was the last time the it's Eagles been that overcame. Long? It's been that long, 12 years. The first time the Eagles overcame a double-digit deficit in the fourth How has it been that quarter. long? Because the Eagles haven't been down a whole lot. <laughs> well, this season, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's what I mean. Again, context is a beautiful thing, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> this season. Anyway, so so I'll take you quickly just through the last uh, scenario through this game, and then I'll get your thoughts, Stephen, on, on how you were even feeling throughout that and your thoughts afterwards so picking up from where marcus epps forced a fumble marcus epps forces a fumble tj edwards recovers it gives the eagles uh the ball they are down 13 10 they can drive uh to potentially uh, take the lead here aj brown gives it right back on a reception and now the colts are driving and within scoring range hassan reddick comes up with a big sack to force the colts to settle a field goal or settle for a field goal if that doesn't happen and the Eagles and the Colts go up 20 to 10. That game is pretty much all but over at that point. But the defense stood pat. We'll get into how I feel about Gannon's defense and the slander that he catches and if he deserves it uh, uh, in a little bit. So uh, on the Reddick uh, sack, no face mask. What goes around comes around. No, Reddick pulled him by his face mask. The refs didn't call it. Yep. I'm going to assume that that's a makeup call for last week. So so it is what it is. And then the final drive. This is where This is where things got confusing really so so Hertz had an eight yard pass to AJ Brown then the 39 yard PI penalty 
on the bomb to Miles Sanders. When Hurts launched that ball, I didn't expect Miles Sanders to be the one on the receiving end of that. Yeah. And he straight up gets tackled. I forget who the who the linebacker was that tackled him, but he gets leveled, speared, and and of course the flag gets thrown there. So then from there, you get five straight running plays. You get two with Miles Sanders, and then you get three straight to Boston Scott, a player who has only gotten two carries over the last two weeks, two combined carries over the last two weeks. Now we're running with him three times straight in crunch time. I don't know why this is happening. So that happens, and now you have fourth and two. Fourth and two is here, the two-minute warning. You come out of the two-minute warning looking like you're going for a QB sneak. A QB sneak from two yards out. As effective as the QB sneak is for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not sure if I want to do it two yards out. So they tease that. They try to get them to draw off sides. That doesn't work. They call a timeout. So now you had the two-minute warning. Then you burned a timeout essentially for, for no reason. Everybody's wondering what is going on. Hertz then picks up the first down uh, on a three-yard pickup on a, uh, on a a sneak draw, whatever you want to call it. It was a sneak that got like jumbled up, and he was able with the second effort to get the first down. And then he scores on the next play on a, on a QB draw. And then uh, after that, uh, the Colts get one more possession. Brandon Graham gets the sack. That essentially seals the game, forces them into fourth and long. Matt Ryan settles for the short completion, and that ends the game there. So, Stephen, as you're as you're watching this whole drive play out, all the way from the from the from the AJ Brown fumble to the Hassan Reddick sack to Hertz bombing it to to Miles Sanders to then running five straight times with three of those carries being Boston Scott, what is going through your head at, at this time? What is your reaction even watching that drive? Did we like back our way into the end zone? <laughs> like how how did that how how did that drive even even come to fruition at that point? Steichen called a terrible game. And by the way, Steichen's the play caller. <laughs> I see people still tweeting like, oh, Sirianni's back to his old ways or whatever. Like, terrible game plan. I have no idea what he was thinking for a majority of this game. Um, it felt like, here's the thing, right? The the narrative going around this season is this team sits at a 9-1 record. Uh, up until this last two weeks, uh, you know, they they didn't trail in the second half of games. Um, and, and, you know, for a while, everybody was like, oh, they don't really score in the second half. Well, <laughs> that's kind of turned around as we went into halftime with three points and did most of our scoring damage uh, in the second half of this game. Look, I, just situationally, this entire game. Now, if Steichen is the play caller, as we know he is, I know he's not the only guy making decisions around here. Um, situationally, he was just awful in this game. That 4th and 10 that they went for was just a terrible decision to go for it there. I believe they might have been in field goal range, if I'm not mistaken. It would have um, been long, very long field goal. Hey, that's that's fine. You have an opportunity to put points on the board. And when you look at the result of the play, Jalen Hurts, that was one of the worst decisions he's made. Probably the worst <laughs> decision, in my opinion, this entire season, just running out of bounds on a 4th and 10. I have no idea... Like, just, just force a throw at that point. Get it down the field and treat it like a punt or something at that point. Mm. Uh, just a terrible decision there. Um, and, and you mentioned the Boston Sky. I have no clue what the mindset was there. <laughs> My only guess is they were trying to catch them off guard because when they use Scott and Gainwell, it's kind of it's usually passing situations. So they're like, maybe we can sneak him in here. Not that many times in a row. They're just wasting downs at this point. Mm. Um, now, as, when you're in victory formation... There's only one player going to run. It's not like they can fake it and pass it. Like all the players are jumbled in one area. So it's so they I I, yeah, I don't know I, if they were just trying to draw them off sides. I'm I'm not sure, but when you're 2 yards out, I don't I don't think the sneak is going to work in that situation. Yeah, like obviously <laughs> a 4th and 2 is much more like manageable than like say a 4th and 5 and all and whatever else 
um, you know, you 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 want to talk about here. But and obviously having Jalen Hurts in this offensive line, you trust him in these situations. And I'm gonna be honest, man, I feel like this offensive line played like garbage yesterday too. I'll just say that right now. Yeah, it wasn't a great. few. I, I thought fun. they didn't play too well. A lot of penalties. Jason Kelsey had a bad snap. He had a penalty. Um, and then obviously, like, again, this is the reality. I'm not making this as an excuse. I'm just pointing out what happened. Uh, apparently, just Dallas Goddard not being on the field the entire game and his replacements being out there uh, affects this offense in a lot of ways. Um, after seeing that, and look, the Colts are a really good defense, by the way. I'm not here like trying to take away or anything like that. They have a very good defense. Um, but apparently Dallas Goddard is like as close as being a glue guy as you can get from the passing game to the running game. He is like arguably one of the most valuable valuable players on the team, honestly. He he's he's a it's he's fair a key, to say. Yeah, he's a he's a he's one of the, if not the most important piece to the offense, in my opinion. I remember at the trade deadline when I was saying, man, the Eagles might want to might want to take a look. You got Albert O over in Denver, not doing a whole lot. He can do some things for you if you lose uh, Dallas Goddard for extended time. And everybody was being like, no, Stahl and Calcaterra, they're great. They just haven't been given chances. And I was like, man, I don't think you guys understand the dr- the drastic drop in talent that we're going to have if, if Dallas Goddard goes hey, down. And now, and now listen, we're living in it. And now we're hey, living in it. <laughs> do you remember when you laughed at me when I pointed out drafting a backup for the OG that listened to this podcast. <laughs> they did. They drafted one. We Grand went down a list of needs, and I remember backup tight end was, like, of course, like the third thing I had mentioned of, of positions of need, and he starts laughing at me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, your old friend Dick Rod's not even around now. He's on the Chargers, so we can't even call him They didn't up. address it, man. They didn't address they it. They didn't. They didn't. I really, that's why I really was asking for it at the deadline, and everybody was looking at me like, nah, we don't really need to. And now, look, Dallas Goddard does more than just catch balls for this offense. He's a good blocker. I'm not saying pay him Zach Ertz $15 the, million a year, by the way. That's no, not no, the solution. no, obviously not. But but Dallas Goddard being in the offense, a lot of these guys get open. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Quez Watkins. A lot of these guys are schemed open based on the sole presence of Dallas Goddard alone. Dallas Goddard is schemed into certain ways that can like Jack Stahl is not attracting attention up the seam for for for, for Philadelphia's offense. Jack Stahl, Grant Calcaterra, and Tyree Jackson. I was told Tyree Jackson was the next coming of like Terrell Owens last training camp, and everybody's like, "We got Tyree, and well, we're going to be fine." These three guys combined for one catch, blocker, for seven yards. I don't know what he's good at yet. I don't. Stahl is the no, blocker. Like Calcaterra is the would... vertical threat. I don't know yeah, what Tyree Jackson is. He was is just a receiver, and you feel good about that if he's like your third tight end. That's fine. Yeah, but when which Dallas he was, out, which he was, not as the second option behind Jack Stahl, and we had a factor in scheme too. Um, you know, uh, apparently, like this offense is dependent, and again, Dallas Goddard does everything. He's a receiving threat and, and all that, obviously. But when you have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, like wh- whoever else you want to throw in there. If somebody's filling in for Goddard, I would much rather have more of a blocking tight end than a receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's what Jack Stoll's supposed to do, but Jack I'm Stoll pretty sure blocker. he was penalized. Now they, they both called penalized. it. Calcaterra's called on a holding call, and Calcaterra shouldn't even be blocking. So, so but the fact they had him out there blocking, uh, so he was called yeah, on penalty. Scheme. Jack Stoll's so called on penalties. They got to find oh, somebody unless one of them can. You know, maybe this was just a lesson learned game, right? Because it's only Goddard's one week. Out for, yeah, he's so a, he's out. He's out for at least four, and it's only one week, so we don't want to sit here and act like the sky is falling. But I mm. knew that the the biggest hole on this offense, you know, at the, at the trade deadline was backup tight end, and they had to do something because you are that that is a drastic drop off. And when, once you lose him, and now the Eagles have to figure out how they're going 
to fix that situation. You got like Eric Ebron and Jared Cook. Like there's some free agents out there you could, you know, kick the tires on if you realize that these options right here aren't going to help us win a title right now, then that's something that they're well, going to have they to have do. To Those fit three the guys. Scheme, man. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously these guys can't not commit penalties. They're not fitting schemes. <laughs> so Stahl, Calcaterra, and Tyree Jackson combined for one catch for seven yards. Um, we all assume that Zach Paschal would be a beneficiary of uh, of Dallas Goddard's snaps because he's the better blocker. He's He blocks exclusively out of the slot when he's playing. Why were so, we running uh, so much like double? I felt like we, we, it felt like triple tight end sets at times. Yeah, they tried. To, what were we they doing? Tried to, they, they, they thought, I don't know if this was how the game plan was supposed to go, but they thought that uh, they could just maintain the similar sets without Dallas Goddard and yield similar results, and that was certainly uh, certainly not the case. But what I did like from the offense is they did run a lot of empty sets, and Jalen Hurts loves running the offense out of empty sets, so I think they implemented more of that um, in this game. We'll check out the All-22 when that's released to see how Jalen Hurts really uh, came through for the Eagles in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. It's a shame because I liked the passing game. They were yeah. running very like efficient, productive offense, and a lot, a lot of... Um, a lot of downfield stuff. It felt like I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it felt like a lot of uh, Smitty's, AJ Brown's receptions were, you know, 15 plus yards a catch. Yeah, it yeah. felt like they're really establishing it down the field. AJ and Devontae were co- constantly beating their defensive backs. So they were constantly winning their matchups. It was just a matter of not making mistakes, uh, making mistakes. The offense struggled, you know, for most of the day. You had the Grant Calcaterra penalty that killed a drive. Uh, you had the Eagles committing penalties on three consecutive plays. Uh, it was like first and 35 at one point on yeah, that, that one drive. Yeah, that was a joke, man. You had A.J. Brown's fumble. You had the three and out. That was just three straight Miles Sanders runs. The Eagles offense didn't do a lot of favors. And thankfully, the defense kept them in the game. We'll get into that uh, in a second. Jalen Hurts yesterday accounted for 276 of the Eagles, 314 total yards. That is 88% of the yards that Jalen Hurts accounted for yesterday, either rushing or passing. He obviously accounted for both touchdowns. On the day, Jalen Hurts, 18 for 25, 190 yards, and a touchdown, 107.1 passer rating, and added 16 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. That's his most rushing yards since week one when he had 90 yards. So he's taking it upon himself. Apparently, the Eagles and Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are taking it upon themselves to put more of the offense on the back of Jalen Hurts without Dallas Goddard. From Jalen Hurts' performance as a whole, and it's hard to say he's MVP now after what Pat Mahomes did last night, but how important now, Stephen, is Jalen Hurts to this offense, especially when you're down a weapon and and Hurts is, is basically putting the team on his back. It was because of him that the Eagles did, didn't lose yesterday. How impressed were you with the overall performance of Jalen Hurts yesterday, especially in his fourth quarter comeback effort? Well, this ties into what I was um, saying earlier about context. Like a lot of people will read the final score and see 17 to 16. And like you said, I believe it's passing yards. While that may may not be super high. If you actually watched the game, he was literally the only reason they were in this game. The offensive game plan was terrible. Um, <laughs> the defense did turn it around, but I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you, man. That first drive was a complete joke and embarrassment that Gannon sent those guys out there with that scheme. Only the first just drive. Got Let's make it known in. that it was only the first drive. I'll sing my praises for, for Gannon later That's on, fine, but like, the vibes are terrible when you're coming off of an embarrassing <laughs> loss at home. Like That's just unacceptable. So, like He doesn't get off the hook. Um, so with that in mind, Hurts has to step onto the field with the, you know down seven points. Right, um, right, right. And very handicapped by the penalties in the first half, undisciplined football, terrible uh, game plan. Hurts was phenomenal in this game. 
And mm-hmm. my mindset, like throughout this game, was like, "Damn, it would be real. Sh- it would be a real shame if this team finds a way to lose because he's playing fabulous, fabulous mm-hmm. football." Um, his ac- his I thought accuracy wise, this was one of his better games, like off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you felt about that. Just like it was, it was great decision making, timing. Um, seemed confident. His eyes were down the field. Like it seemed like he really kept his eyes. Uh, down the field and I'm not saying this is a bad thing sometimes leaders have to do this especially when your team is playing on discipline I thought for sure he was going to have a moment where he was going to yell at somebody that was the vibe I was getting I was like are we going to see a Jalen Hurts like well, it's two consecutive it's two consecutive and I'd be weeks okay with this. sometimes you got to do that mm-hmm. shit man it's the two it's, the, it's two consecutive weeks where the offense you know they didn't do him any favors yet that quiz, AJ Brown fumble is unacceptable Q, man AJ Brown fumble there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that the, the coaching staff and the players didn't really help him out I fully believe Jalen Hurts would have had a chance to win uh, uh last week's game as well that quiz no, throw essentially it was essentially a game winning throw that that yeah. that pass and Quez just botched it like <laughs> so so self-inflicting he, he was wounds sure. is what's hurt us the most these last two weeks uh, and he was making sure like i'm gonna run this in the end zone i, can't, I gotta put it in my own hands i can't i can't trust anybody else right now so sometimes that's fine that's what that's what uh mvp caliber players do but yep. yes the, the the offense did it at the end of the day and the defense came through for them as well nick sirianni very emotional after the game for his friend uh frank Reich. here's sirianni after the game explaining why he was so emotional to come away with the victory in Indianapolis. I'm emotional because I, I love Frank Reich. I, I really do. And he's uh, he's one of the best damn football coaches I've ever been around. So, yeah, uh, yeah I was hoping that, that him and I would be able to coach against each other uh, in this game. But he, he is one of, he, he's my, one of my biggest mentors. I got my dad. I got Larry Karras, and, and I got Frank Reich. And Frank's such a good football coach. And uh, – yeah, you don't want to know what I think uh, of if he should be here or not. But uh. So that is uh, Nick Sirianni explaining why he was visibly fired up a- after the game. He was looking forward to coaching against Frank Reich. As we all know, the Colts uh, uh, let go of him uh, a couple weeks ago, allowing Jeff Saturday to be the uh, interim head coach for now. And Sirianni is very upset that Reich was the casualty of just a bad football season all around for the Indianapolis Colts. So not to give some praise to the uh, to the defense. So I just want to I, I understand the 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 animosity towards Jonathan Gannon after that first drive because Jonathan Taylor seven carries forty nine yards and there's a lot of situations where players are out of position and, and and things of that nature. But the Eagles only allow, after that they didn't allow a single touchdown and there is key plays for Gannon's defense allowed the Eagles to remain in the game and the score probably should have been much worse. You got the Brandon Graham. Uh, sack on Matt Ryan on the final possession that essentially sealed the game, held Indy to one touchdown. Obviously, they sacked Matt Ryan four times. They had the goal line stand in the fourth quarter where that forced the Colts to uh, to settle for a field goal in a situation where, like I mentioned earlier, if you score and make it 20 to 10 in that situation, the game is basically over and you have the. Uh, well, look, man, can you agree he's at least open for criticism now? No, he's 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 open for. Uh, no, I'm not saying he's like the best defensive coordinator in the league. I'm just saying like, yeah, his defense is a, is a big reason obviously. why the Eagles even had a chance to win the game yesterday. After yes. the opening drive, obviously Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor, the 49 yards and the touchdown yeah. on the opening drive, 39 yards uh, on 15 carries. Jonathan Taylor was held to. After that, just 2.3 yards per carry, and a lot of that has to do with the new additions of Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, who combined for seven tackles two QB hits and a sack in their Eagles debut versus the Colts for two players that were Joseph joined the team on Wednesday. Sue joined the team on Thursday and they, 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 
they worked tirelessly to learn that playbook and to be able to play Sunday, and they made a heck of an impact uh, in this game on on Sunday. Stephen, how we didn't uh, get up here and talk about it when the, when the moves were, were were made, but how impressed were you to see these two veterans? I think Joseph is thirty four, Sue is thirty five. They got some gas left in the tank. They can still make some plays. How how did it feel to watch those two guys uh, stifle the run and get after the quarterback as the game went on? Yeah, glad to see it, obviously, because that was just that Washington game was one of the most frustrating things to watch them just repeatedly hand the ball off and just run it down our throats. Um, it also feels good. Like a lot of times when you see these older guys get signed, you're kind of like, oh, they're just collecting one last check. Right. But you can clearly tell both of these guys are very passionate and they want it right. And they want to win, um, considering especially considering the fact that like they're new here to Philly. They don't really know these guys on the team or the coaches or anything. So like, look, if they want it, I want, like, obviously I want it, you know what I'm saying? And I want guys who, who want it. That's what we want here in Philly. So, but yeah, honestly, man, back to, to Gannon, I just think he's open for criticism. I just don't, it's hard. It's a constant uh, debate I have with myself. I I, I was like with yourself, because you're not arguing with me about it. (laughs) Yeah. Just, I, I don't know sometimes if it's like the talent he has on the defense or if it's actually him, it's probably both factored in obviously, but I just think sometimes I just don't agree with what he's doing. Um, I will uh most notably I would say with the secondary actually. I, I don't I think he goes to the zone conservative scheme way too much and it's clear like Darius Slay and even James Bradbury are much better playing man defense and like I wanted to tweet this so bad. It was kind of more a more of a question than actually coming at somebody. I was like well, I, I was just was generally wondering cuz it seems like Slay's been getting beat the last 2 weeks but I think it's the stupid scheme that this guy is running. Because every time Slay is actually matched up on somebody, I mean, well, he's the best corner in the NFL. The stats will tell you that. I, I definitely th- think the secondary is hurting by not having um, one of the best slot corners in the NFL healthy, too, by the way. Avante Maddox, who doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, Avante but. Maddox is certainly a uh, an essential piece to, to this defense. Josiah Scott is serviceable. He does his job. But uh, he these these guys are have been detrimental losses. Dallas Goddard, Avante Maddox. There's Jordan a reason Davis, Maddox got extended. You know, of course he's one of the better one of the better slot corners. Um, the, one of the other good ones, Kenny Moore, has uh, plays for the Colts, and Quez was able to score to score on him. But nickel corners, they play more than just covering uh, uh covering the opponent's slot receivers. They play a vital role in the run defense as well, and that's that's another reason why the defense has been has been suffering and susceptible to the run, but good to see them bottling uh, a guy like Jonathan Taylor up uh, in the final three quarters of the game, because you have guys like Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry coming up. You want to make sure you can stifle the run with another week for these guys to, to implement the playbook. I'm excited to see how the rotation is going to go. As far as snap counts are concerned, um, Linval Joseph played in 40% of the defensive snaps and Dominican Sue played in 17 snaps. Uh, Joseph got the start at nose tackle, and of course, Sue and Joseph were able to play together on a number of reps. They both combined for the one sack on Matt Ryan later uh, in the game. A guy that I'm trying to figure out what his role is or what's even happening is Robert Quinn. Ten snaps yesterday. What is uh, what's going what's going on there? <laughs> Are we well, is it just Gannon, a slow again? Back to is what it a I was slow saying. Didn't Gannon have him back in pass coverage last week. Like, what is this last guy week, doing, man? Week. For like a rep. For like okay, a rep, I don't yeah. care. That's his. <laughs> like whatever. Get, yeah. get, look, he is not. He shouldn't be. No, I agree. He should never be. If I'm an NFL in GM, I am not hiring this guy to be a head coach. <laughs> yeah, probably not the better. Probably, probably. He's got to prove himself as a coordinator first. 
The Eagles are likely losing them both, both coordinators after this season. What Steichen does and what Gannon. makes a coach most successful? Let me ask you. And you give your definition of what makes a coach successful: putting their players in, in the best coach. position to succeed. Yes. Yes. Putting your players in the best and position. And putting Robert to Quinn in pass coverage does not do that. I don't care if it's a half a snap <laughs> or ten snaps. That is not winning football. Yeah, I mean, he's not making an impact no matter where he's lined up. Is the problem? They need to figure out what's if, if you're going to trade a fourth round pick for somebody, you better know how to how how to use him. So I'm intrigued to see moving forward how Robert Quinn can figure out this defense because I like. It was like, oh, this is like this is like the Chris Long thing, but like souped up. Like it's gonna be a better version of Chris. No, we're not even getting that. It's more like Ryan Kerrigan right now is what's happening. Oh, so boy. I don't wanna don't 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 want that. Don't want that to happen. Uh CJ Gardner Johnson, his interception streak is over, but I feel like he was all over the field. I feel like every other tackle he was he was in there in the mix. And the guy hits I thought hard they were gonna penalize for a guy him that size. one time, man. When you like clock the guy, right? It looked like yeah, it because the helmets dumb. were, were kind of like, close. We finally get a hard hitter here, and it's like every time he makes a hit like that, you're worried they're gonna throw <laughs> the. I think the ref actually had his hand on the flag. Was that the play? Do you remember that? No, I'm not. I'm not sure. But there was one where I was definitely worried where he, where where he clocked the guy. But he's he's a hard hitter for a guy his size. He led the team yesterday with ten tackles, and he is looking more and more like a complete safety with each passing week. Sad to see the interception streak uh, uh, not continue, but I'm liking more of what I'm seeing. From uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Epps, Gardner-Johnson, Bradbury, and Slay all played 100% of the snaps yesterday. Epps was the, the uh, guy who stripped, um, what's his name? Jonathan Taylor, yeah, right? stripped it. Uh, yeah, T.J. Edwards uh, jumped on top of it. Marcus Epps is the only player uh, on the Eagles to play every single snap for the Eagles this season. We got Malcolm Jenkins, Iron Man vibes over here with Marcus Epps. Another guy that's going to look to get paid uh, in the offseason when we, when we get to that point. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, Stephen, but Reed Blankenship might be above Kayvon Wallace on the depth chart. He had a key third down stop yesterday uh, in his first defensive snap of his career. He was used as the sixth defensive back in dime personnel yesterday over Kayvon Wallace. So the less I have to watch Kayvon Wallace, uh, the better. I'm pretty, uh, pretty, pretty excited. Pretty excited about that. Uh, one more, one more takeaway from the uh, from. Well, actually, I got two more because I need to. I need to give you flack for for something, but uh, Jack Stahl was far and away tight end one. He got the most snaps of all the tight ends. He had eighty one percent of the snaps at tight end one yesterday. So that's that. And your boy Kenneth Gainwell saw the lowest snap count of the season at sixteen percent. He's by the week he's getting just phased phased out of this offense. What's going on, man? You know what's crazy is that the Eagles don't really run by committee anymore. It's really not a committee approach. It's Miles Sanders, Gainwell. Has like eighty four yards. No, Boston Scott has like eighty yards this year. Game they well run has by like stupidity, yards. man, not committee. <laughs> Why? What's the what's what's the problem? What's the problem with the rotation? Why in a crucial game winning drive is Boston Scott like running back? In, oh yeah, well, my rotation he'd be running back five, getting three or four carries in a row. When you have Jalen Hurts averaging five yards a carry and Miles, well, he probably think he averaged more than that. I mean, Miles hovers around five yards a carry every season of his career. Makes no sense. He's the, uh, he's, uh, well, Boston Scott's getting kick return duties now, you know, because so, Britton Covey's obviously not the answer. So, Wait, he's so actually now, getting kick return duty? You didn't see him? Yeah, he's back there as kick return. Yeah. Britton Covey returned everything. He didn't return everything. There was a few snaps where, where Boston oh. Scott was in there. Don't, yeah, man, pay attention. That guy's got to go, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice to have Jake. Never mind. I'm not going to do it. I can't oh, do it. Oh, damn. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. The, the running back stats Miles Sanders, 757 yards on the year. Kenneth Gainwell is, well, obviously, other than Jalen Hurts. Kenneth Gainwell, 129 yards this year. Boston Scott, 84. Would be nice to bring in somebody else, and there is an option. 
There is an option. I wasn't going to bring it up until the Where end. Where is the hey, Gainwell Melvin... hate coming from? Why do people hate him? He's a better he, running back than he, Boston what is he, Scott. What, is he, what, is, what, is he, what does he do that inspires confidence that he should be carrying the ball? He's a good receiving threat. Okay. Better than Boston Scott. That bar is not very high with Boston You need Scott, to develop bro. him, too. Like, he doesn't get any opportunity. So, hey, if they want to waste his uh, talent, go right ahead. Be, you know, be my All guest. Right. Just, you He'll know, go to the no... Gainwell will be dirty on the Chiefs, right? <laughs> Wouldn't he? Mm. <laughs> there is a running back Look what uh, they're doing available. with uh, Kadarius Tony, man. Shout out to the Giants, yeah, well, we knew that. What did you we waste his talent? That. That, that, that doesn't even shock me because Kadarius Tony is one of the shiftiest dudes in the NFL. He just didn't want to play for the Giants, and he was mm. just lazy. And his hamstrings are made uh, out of like 1990 rubber bands. Obviously, so that's why he came out of the game last night. Nice so game he has woes. Uh, yesterday, by the way, Giants fans. Very nice game. Yeah, great, fantastic game from Dallas. Also, by the way, who killed the Vikings? Literally killed the Vikings. So now we're in sole place of uh, the first seed, which holds the, uh, more in, weight in NFC. because they did it. Yeah, <laughs> not not us, not us. Don't worry. Of course, Dallas. That was fans a win-win win for us. We man. beat them. Yeah, we we needed. Uh, the Vikings to lose in that scenario. The one rare instance where Dallas uh, was better for, for Dallas to win. Uh, the one running back option, uh, Stephen, that is available now. Melvin Gordon, do you want to think about it? You want to talk about a fumbling machine. 26 fumbles yeah, in good. his career. He's put the ball on the ground five times this season. That's yeah, most good. since his rookie year. Which is more than we uh, have the entire season, I believe. Yeah, he is. Uh, he put one on the, on the ground uh, by the goal line yesterday. He had a goal nah, line fumble and Denver had nope. enough of that. Denver Don't said, yeah, I'm done up. with this. I'm done with this. Hey, but the Eagles were, uh, you know, kicking the tires on some running backs at the deadline. Maybe they uh, take a look. Take a, take a look here. There's there's no other production other than Miles Sanders. Well, Jalen Hurts, obviously. Where's like, other than that, where's need Wendell a tough Smallwood runner. when you need him? Oh, okay. Well, um, on that note, <laughs> anybody, dude. I mean, I don't want Boston Scott carrying the ball in the fourth quarter of a football game where we need to win. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't. He definitely shouldn't be getting the ball three times. We should have just went empty three. set, and Jalen should have just ran it every time at that point. They should have just went yeah. empty set. By the way, the Colts made a lot of weird decisions. There was like a third and one where they didn't run the ball, and they had Matt Ryan pass it. There was they didn't even pick up Jalen Hurts whatsoever on the touchdown run. No guy was even containing him. Uh, so I think the, the Colts really. Uh, tried to give us this game, and the Eagles gladly took it, making them nine and one uh, on the season. The Eagles are nine and one for the sixth time in franchise history. All five times before that, they made the championship or the Super Bowl, depending on what year it was. Nineteen forty-nine, they made the they won the NFL championship. Nineteen sixty, they won the championship. Nineteen eighty, they made the Super Bowl, lost to the Raiders, I believe. Uh, Two thousand four, made it, obviously lost to the Patriots, and twenty seventeen won the Super Bowl. So uh, let's see if the trend continues and they, they can go, go on a, uh, a Super Bowl run. Intrigued to see how Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue are as, as the week continues. They get more acclimated with the defense. Very excited to watch them as Jordan Davis returns. Uh, the, the return dates have been ironed out kind of. Jordan Davis, they think he can return by the Titans game. That would be good mm. uh, to see him back from oh, Derrick yeah. Henry. And uh, Dallas Goddard is expected to return during the regular season, so he's not lost forever, which would, you know, the sooner the better. They're both on IR, uh, so Dallas Goddard is gone for at least the next three games. We have to live one more week without Jordan Davis for this Packers game, and then hopefully he can return for the uh, for the Titans. Uh, the Eagles in sole place of the, uh, the, uh, the NFC. They own a head-to-head tiebreaker over Minnesota, so that's a nice little two-game cushion uh, for them. Steven, any final uh, things you want to hit on before we uh, put a bow on this one, wrap this up, and uh, get ready to watch some film <laughs> on what exactly even happened in this game? 
I mean, I'll just conclude on this. As frustrated as I am with the last two games, this is the reality of the NFL. There was a lot of loser energy, I would say, going on during these last two games for sure. I'm frustrated. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm frustrated. But look, you know, these are things that have to get cleaned up. Um, The whole stopping the run thing. I'm glad this has happened because now we have to adjust and and figure out how to stop it. Because guess what? Playoff football, that's going to be... a recipe for success for both teams, the Eagles and their opponents, because it gets cold. It gets cold that time of year. Time of year. You got to be able to run the football, um, mm-hmm. especially at the link, man. We can control that situation. You know, God forbid we better lock up that one seed. I want the one seed, all right? I want the one yep. seed. So thank you, Dallas. Um, I appreciate that. Probably pretty pumped after that game. I know we were pumped after we beat Minnesota, um, even though y'all said that one doesn't. Hold the same weight as yours. That's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> just good. Te- just good tests, you know, for this team. Face adversity, um, and the coaching staff too. By the way, there's so much we, like skill related things we talk about in football and everything, but like the mental part of it's the most important. Always will be, and uh, the fact that this team has been dealing with some adversity, I think, is good for the coaching staff too. Um, Steichen, don't ever call a game <laughs> like that again. And especially don't ever call a fourth quarter like that again. You're lucky uh, your MVP quarterback bailed you out because he has the ability to run with his legs, which is a weapon, and it makes him a great fucking player, okay? It makes him a great player. Internal internal temperature's too high See, as soon as you camera say that, because I'm spitting like, too much fire. <laughs> spitting too much fire, now the, now the camera's on fire. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, good, better to face adversity now than to have your first sight of adversity in the postseason. Yeah, this is the That's boring time of the like, season. Everybody like the was middle. like, we didn't want to lose. We didn't want to go into the uh, postseason undefeated, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. So now we have all this adversity. We'll see how they respond. You got Sunday night against the Packers, and then you got Tennessee, and then we'll uh, still got to see the Giants twice. Uh, who just got decimated? Who they just lose to? They just got the, thwarted. The Detroit Lions. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! Appreciate you guys for tuning into this episode of the Philly Pod. Be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, anywhere else you get your shows. Leave those reviews, rate five stars, so that uh, we can continue to spread the word of the Philly Pod. The most intelligent, not <laughs> the best Philadelphia sports podcast in uh, in the city. Follow me, Victor Williams, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at, at the Philly Pod. Do the same for Steven at Steven Conrad Jr. This is the Philly Pod on the LibertyLine.com. We will catch you guys on the next one. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.